listeners, and welcome to this week's bite-sized episode of Girls Interrupting. We are doing a special event for you. It's for us. For you. (laughs) Because of the release, finally, of Black Panther, which... The entirety of NLTLG, I'm sure, has seen by now uh, some of us multiple times. That's me. Correct. Uh, we have invited young Kenneth from Bampow TV. It's a crossover. It was not invited. I mean, you tell your story, I'll tell I... mine. <laughs> we have allowed a man oh onto our podcast. Oh, thank you. <laughs> a man. Oh, my. Um, because he is our favorite. And um, we actually all and we went invade his house all the time. <laughs> all the time. So we thought we'd give him this gift of interrupting with us. Too generous. We are very generous. So, <laughs> listeners, with me as always is Shelby. Hello, Beatrice. I'm here. Jackie. Hello. And guest star Kenneth. What's up, y'all? It's a boy, guys. His voice is all deep. It's all deep and boy-like. I actually you can't up the see, bass but he has mix. a beard. There's a beard yeah. in here with us, you all. Yes. There's also <laughs> coffee, water, booze, and beer. We're very the four food groups. Recovered. Yes, yes, yeah, correct. We're doing good. We're doing good. All right, so um, I think we're gonna try to organize this episode for li- you guys, listeners. Because I mean, otherwise, it's just occasionally. gonna be it's just gonna be like a lot of high pitched screaming. And first things first, if it's not obvious, this is a spoiler filled oh, spoiler episode. Spoiler full. We're not so even gonna please, try to like. If keep you it have quiet. not seen Black Panther yet, turn yeah. it off. Turn, turn this us off. off. Mm-hmm. Do not get come back right. until you have get seen your, the movie. Get your life right. <laughs> look also, at your life. Look at your choices. Make better choices. Go right. buy a ticket. Go see it right now, and then come back to us. Because yeah, we'll still we're going to cover everything. We will be here forever for yeah. you. Yeah. As always. Yeah. Plus, we want to pump those uh, President's Day weekend we gotta numbers. We got to get those President's Day weekend numbers so up. Go see it today. So, first, we're going to talk about our own personal reactions to this film that we have all been waiting so goddamn long for. <clears throat> um, who wants to go first? Should we do Guest of Honor first? I think we Aww. should. Yay. Oh, buddy, go ahead. I liked it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it's very good. What? Should we do like a numbering system? Oh Jesus! Uh, so one ugh. to Mbaku, my new boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's top three MCU movies for me. Which breaking into that is pretty big. Oh God, what's my numbering system? Like? Um, and it just it was everything I wanted it to be. Actually, it yeah, was, Black Panther top three now. Very different than the other films. Yes, and that was nice to see Marvel giving the director the ability to go. You know what? I'm gonna do my own thing. You white people keep just punching each other but but to be fair it also felt a lot like the current comment run yeah so mm-hmm. i don't think that you know um it strayed too far from source either well it, oh no and it that's not what i was trying it, to yeah. say just from the mcu movies themselves yeah, like, yeah. It and was i think it's very the second different. movie in a row after thor where i think you give a young talented director leeway and you say go do make the movie you want to make and it's mm-hmm. made this 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 marvel culture so diverse and rich and just different than just the tr- the Typical fair. Yeah. Well, and they they have to do this if they want post-Infinity War to be able to keep going. Oh, yeah. All right. So we're going to go Jackie. Feelings. Um, Thoughts. I I love it. Vibes. I I can't even handle how much I love it. Um, I would definitely say it's in the top three. It might be my favorite. Oh, my God. It's very hard to say because I've only seen it once. I just got back from a trip. um, And so I haven't gotten the opportunity to watch it more than once. Um, it's <laughs> killing me. I won't even lie to you. We were driving home on Thursday night. <laughs> let's and just we were stop and see it. in the let's goddamn just, car stop. the whole night. And I was just thinking about how the whole world was watching this movie. <laughs> and I was not. Um, but then I got up the next morning and watched it. So yeah. we're all good. Um, and I loved it. I love, love, love it. So we'll talk more about why. Uh, obviously. Later. Beatrice. Um, this movie was a delight and a gift <laughs> and I had such a good time. It was a little tough because I was going in with such high expectations I know. and I was trying to keep them as tempered as possible because I didn't want to be disappointed. Well, it was hard to believe that we were actually going to get what we got. Yeah. Too. And it's like Kenneth is definitely right in that. Oh. Whoa, felt- my, whoa, my whoa. favorite words right there. Let's let's calm down. And that it felt so different because it's it's feels so 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 intimate and so low level and so much about family. But and there was no sky portal. No sky portal. <laughs> so happy. Uh, but there were also so many things that felt very familiar. That also felt very Marvel. And I, I feel like they they walked the line of making it fresh and new and like something we've never seen before. But also still making it feel at the heart like a really solid Marvel film. Mm-hmm. 
Shelby? Yeah, I mean, I agree with everything everyone said so far. <laughs> oh, but the thing for me is with Marvel movies, or superhero movies in general, I think my biggest problem is always the third act, which, you know, you get to the big battle. I mean, even in a movie like Wonder Woman, which I loved, you get to that final battle and it's kind of... It goes down garbage. I mean, it's not that yeah. garbage, but it's like it's overblown, garbage. ridiculous fighting. He's still wearing that mustache. You know, <laughs> yeah. <but why>? yeah. <laughs> um, but with Black Panther, it was it was different. You know, I mean, it's you, you got to have the big battle, and they did, but it was done in such a different way. Um, that was a lot more meaningful. It was to so the, the truth of all the characters, yeah. and you believed it. And well, that and for me, yeah, it, it's a battle that affects the future of Wakanda. You have yeah. no idea how everything is going to fall out after yeah. that kind of civil well, war style battle. The stakes are real, and I mean, at the end, even though you get back to you know what you might consider the status quo. I mean, in, it's one thing like at the end of Avengers to have New York destroyed, and it's like ah, oh, it's a bummer. New York is destroyed, but. You know, at the end of the day, Avengers save the day. But in in Wakanda, it's like you just turned people on people. And mm-hmm. even though at the end of the day he's king again, there's a lot of fences that yeah. need to be mended. Yeah. And you know the story's not done at the end of this movie with mm-hmm. complete healing. Well, and I also think that, and we can talk more at length at this later, but <clears throat> um, Marvel movies in general have suffered from not great villains recently. Yeah, correct. Um, and so they have... So that third act has always been kind of a letdown because the villain isn't great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we can talk, we will talk at length, I'm sure, about Killmonger and um, how amazing of a villain that was and how layered and deep and emotional that whole thing was. Um, and so I think that really added to the mm-hmm. story yeah. um, because it gave us kind of that quiet, emotional mm-hmm. connection to the villain. Oh, yeah. Well, because um, you can see where he's coming it, from, well, too. You're like, those are the, this guy's got a real good point. Just... Take twenty percent off the top, <laughs> <laughs> and those are the Less best villains. Murdery. Those mm-hmm. are yes. the ones where you kind of question yourself, and you're watching them, and you're wondering, "Is he wrong?" Yeah, <laughs> and so that's that's the that's the great villain, yeah. Yeah. right? For sure. Is that person who you can really see where they're coming yeah. from and really understand why they would think that way? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that gave us that wonderful third act. Yeah, because Marvel's cast some great actors as villains you know no, none more so than uh, tom hiddleston as loki who is a great villain uh, but he's also not that sympathetic no. you know but then now you get this incredible actor as well as a storyline that's so sympathetic for him uh maybe not sympathetic no, but, but like understandable you, and you yeah. can, you understand his justification mm-hmm. and so you finally get the most yeah. the best of both worlds yeah um i was way too hyped for this movie <laughs> what like, ridiculously what? hyped for this movie since the very since the casting of chadwick boseman straight up because i love that guy and it just got better and better and better and better and then all the trailers hit and i didn't watch the third trailer but i was just in love with everything that was happening and um i went and saw it and i was vibrating i was so excited <laughs> And I just I'm I have to invent words to describe how much I loved this movie and how great it was and beautiful and it resonates with anyone who sees it. Like it's hard to do that, especially with a quote unquote superhero movie, but like mm-hmm. damn it was it was so good. Anyway, that's I don't have the words. And it's, <laughs> and it's something that's like it's a movie that we go into five white people yep. that it's we rough. know the movie. It's, it's not for something, us. It's not for us. We're, we're in the theater yesterday and there are kids, teens and like maybe tweens all wearing the same color shirt, obviously coming from a youth group of some sort, all kids of color, all coming in to see this movie. That's awesome. And you're like, holy shit, you know, this, this movie, while I can enjoy it and I can love it in a whole mess of ways, it's something that isn't for us and it doesn't have to be for us. Yeah, it's not it's not for us and that's super okay. Um we're going to we're going to switch over and talk about like how we've seen the world experience the film. Um and I have to say that there's so much on Twitter that has just been an explosion of joy. It's just pure joy at this from black Twitter and people who are friends with black Twitter and people who talk about superhero movies and maybe they're not black but they have documented their trip to the theater and when we went, we went the first night, and um, most of the black crowd was wearing African garb or some version of it. And there were kids in full Black Panther costume, mm-hmm. and you could kind of understand. I saw a picture on um, Twitter. There was a line to take a picture with the standee, which is, like, not oh, something wow. you see, but it's That's a standee crazy. full of black people. Mm-hmm. So, like, pe- black people were taking pictures with the standee of people that look like them. And it's just been really kind of, like, emotional and amazing, and I've loved it so much, and... It's really it's really cool to see people be able to 
connect with a film mm-hmm. that way. And like you said, as white people, this we we can we can love this film and all that it represents. But like you said, it's not. It doesn't for mean us. to us what it means to others. It's it's not going to be for us. Like the movie that was for me recently was Wonder Woman. Yeah, like that movie's for me straight yeah. up. But like this movie is for all those kids that we got to see at the theater. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it makes my heart so. Well, glad. we've been twice now, and both times it's the most I've seen. We live in San Jose; it's a pretty diverse culture or city. And like this is the most I've seen black people in a theater the entire time I've lived here, and that was great too. It was just a different crowd, a different experience, which was fun. And it's just, ugh. It's a- yeah, when we were when we were at the theater yesterday. Um, <laughs> it was like there was a family behind us, and it was like five tiny children. They were so they were hyped so to be there. Excited it was to adorable. Be there. That's awesome. I've actually read um, a bunch of articles about how um, uh, going to the theater in African garb um, has been kind of a way for a lot of um, black Americans, especially to kind of take back that heritage mm-hmm. in some ways and feel proud of it yeah. and not feel um, like they don't deserve to wear it. Right. Yeah. Because I think there's the, what is it called? The, dysmorphia or dis- dysmorphia yeah, yeah. um uh, that that they, they, a lot of black americans kind of uh we're feel, so removed right? from the time because when we had been from there right it's and hard so to, but yeah. they also kind of feel that heritage but they they're so disconnected from yeah. it that they don't really understand or feel comfortable claiming it necessarily mm-hmm. um and so i was reading some articles about how uh just the celebration of Africa in this movie and its kind of connection to mm-hmm. America through, you know, Oakland and all that good yeah. stuff um, kind of made everyone feel like they could. Yeah. Which is kind of, yeah, it was great. I saw a video on Twitter. Someone had taken <clears throat> in a movie theater in Ghana and there's a line like around the block and basically like the theater lobby is a fucking dance party. There are lights and people are playing drums and they've brought in like tribal music because they're obviously they're there. And it's just so I loved it. I loved seeing them just so excited about this movie coming out of America that is about like where they are. Yeah, I mean, you see Marvel. Like, how many Marvel movies are there are out there right now? And they're seventy six covered yeah. in white people. And they're all led by a white dude, you mm-hmm. know. And it's a white just, dude named Chris. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Well, even if you eighty percent chance is Chris. <laughs> but if you knew, if you just look at movies as a whole, right? So even mm. if you take away the Marvel moniker and just sit, look at movies as a whole, mm-hmm. there's very few movies that celebrate that kind of African descent, Heritage. right? Well, and there's even not that many movies that have this like thick of a black cast either yeah movies that have this many black people in so many starring roles tend to not be taken seriously by hollywood or america i mean they're literally tyler perry movies right like is right there or they're else indie movies right. that nobody really yeah. sees or they don't get a lot of showing you know they don't open in 4200 theaters across america yeah kind of a thing and so right. the fact that this movie not only it has two whole white people in it <laughs> they're they're tolkien White people. That man. <laughs> Get out. I made that joke Get and, out. and it made me so happy. <laughs> anyway, there's two whole white people in it and the entirety of the front cast is black and like it was taken seriously. Black writer, black director, black cast, really thinking it through. And mm-hmm. um, I read an article that Chadwick Boseman actually like fought pretty hard for T'Challa to have an African a- accent because it doesn't make sense that he wouldn't. And it was a, such a great decision because everybody has an accent. From oh, it would have been jarring place. if it would have been. Weird. But then Eric Killmonger swings in, and he's from Wakanda, but he fucking sounds like he's from Hollywood, and that was great too. This kid, well, yeah, has because American he grew up in Oakland. No, I know, but it would. My point being, it would have been weird for T'Challa and Eric Killmonger to have the same accent because mm-hmm. Marvel's like, oh well, he can't have an African accent because America. Yeah, yeah. It was also really cool to see what an African country would look like if white dudes hadn't fucked it up with colonization. Yeah. And like, yeah, hey, see, we just they, did our own thing. If they'd been left alone to yeah. discover science and technology and build stuff. It mm-hmm. was interesting to see that, like, hypothetical brought to life. And the world building in this movie was so incredible. Like, the technology, but kind of also mixed with the more traditional African culture. And I know we're using African in that large... Yeah. <laughs> Wakandan culture. Wakandan, Wakandan culture. culture. But, like, it's, it's a world building that you see on a level of you know, Lord of the Rings or TV shows or something mm. like that where you're you're creating your own language. You've got the colors for each tribe. You've got all all of this awesome well, like, stuff that goes into... They have the maglev... I guess we're... we're we jumped into we've the jumped movie. We've jumped ahead. Listener. I'm sorry. But they have the maglev... It's basically like maglev upper, like, subway trains, but it's on grass. Like, they don't have pavement. They've made that decision to not have pavement, but they have fucking, like, maglev people transporters and then i noticed the second time around in the throne room the throne room is at the top of a glass and metal building that they have 
built, obviously, but the actual throne and the seats for all the tribes and his um, Dora advisor is on the red dirt of Wakanda. Mm -hmm. So, like, yes, they're in this technological building set in modern times, but the actual throne is still on the land, Mm -hmm. which I thought was so thoughtful. Because who would have noticed, you know? Mm -hmm. But Ryan Coogler and the set director just went, no, we're going to do it this way because this is the culture here. Yeah, just a lot of very tiny details that help really bring it together. Well, But I also think that we um, get a lot of that anyway, right? So, like, there's not a lot... um, of world building when it comes to like African, you know, like fairy tales, for yeah. example. Mm-hmm. So like, like, like Thor, I mean, that's a Norse tale, right? But it talks about the Bifrost and the, you know, and how we have all these other worlds that we can get to. And there's all this other, um, things that people can dream and think about, but we never include Africa kind of in that. And yeah. so it was just like kind of amazing to see a story, um, set there and, yeah. and be about something other than slavery and, other than yeah. pain and yeah. you know cuz it it's it's a similar kind of thing but like as someone who is disabled and in a wheelchair the only stories that you've ever fucking see are about being inspirational and <laughs> wanting to walk again and living to learn you know what i mean yeah. getting a life, that olympic right? medal yeah right, exactly and you you your character is meant to be an inspiration to other people not just like about a, person. a person and so yeah. it's not like you know so you never get to see like just a person who happens to be in a wheelchair mm-hmm. do something else that yeah. has nothing right. to do with that Them right being in a, yeah. and in the same way we very rarely get to see a story um, especially like a fantastical story, right? Um, featuring black characters and African culture. Set in the present day. Set in the present yeah. day that have nothing to do yeah. that with black. slavery yeah. or, you know, the history of that, yeah. right? Because yeah. I think we always see it from that lens. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I don't know. It was just so amazing. It's it's a, it's a marvel, this movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Terrible. Oh, no. All right. Um, world building was great. Ryan Coogler did an amazing job. Ryan Coogler, who is 31 years old. <laughs> He's made three films, and they've all been amazing. And they've all had Michael B. Jordan. They all have had Michael B. Jordan. He Look, did Fruitvale Station, Michael B. Jordan. He did Creed, Michael B. Jordan. Creed, so. Which, no joke, Creed, really good. Creed's yep. solid. Like, it's a Rocky movie, but like not really. Mm-hmm. And then this film. He, he and Michael B. Jordan are in work love. Yeah. When they're... Doing Creed 2 now. Yeah, they are. Completely unrelated. I was reading the exercise stuff that Michael B. Jordan had to do to go from Creed to, like, superhero bulk. And, man, no. I I would not want to be one of these movies. Superhero boot camp is nothing to sneeze at. And you got to put on a lot of muscle weight in a very short amount of time. He added another 15 pounds of muscle. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. No, No, it's all, like, chicken and vegetables. Legitly, they have to wake up at, like, fucking 3 in the morning to eat a chicken. Like, a whole one. (laughs) Whole chicken. Yeah. They go to the gym like six hours a day. Yeah. Yeah. They have to be Blah. in the gym doing That's stuff. And I'm like, I'm not. Throwing up everywhere. I'm not here for that. Like, I can't. But anyway. They, they wake up every couple of hours to eat chickens. <laughs> like a whole chicken. <laughs> like, like whole a whole chicken. Alive. I wonder if they like instill anger toward chickens. And so they, at least when they wake up, they're like, yeah, fuck you, chicken. Fuck you. I'm going to eat you. you. <laughs> Do we know if um, Killmonger's like body art? Was that was that makeup or prosthetic or CGI? I'm sure oh, it's no, a he prosthetic. actually had that okay. done. Well, His up. dedication to the craft. You know how they have those candies that are like the dots. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I feel like it was literally they did that, and it was just like a strip that they stuck on him, and then like pulled the sticky. Nah, off. it was some poor intern had to lick each one and then <laughs> stick, stick it on it. him. <laughs> Yo, I think they licked. I would sign. What do you mean, poor intern? They had so a I, line I around the guys, block that's for that. Guys, <laughs> we gotta focus. It's definitely silicon. Pr- you know, it's, it's a shirt. Prosthetic. Just, like, it's it's, it's a silicon pros- uh, prosthetic that they glue on. I'm sure. Michael Jordan is Michael B. Jordan is so dedicated to this role. <laughs> he burned himself. I was, just, I was imagining like three hours in a makeup chair. Oh sure. Uh-huh. Oh 100. So he only takes his shirt off the one time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. What should we talk about next, kids? There's um, so much to cover. The numbers. Uh, so yes. this is Sunday evening, and I believe the three day total was at 192 million. Yeah, 192. Um, with the weekend targeting 216, something like that. But I think it's it's on track to be like the number four weekend of all time. Yeah, behind only uh, Force Awakens, Last um, Jedi, and fucking Lost World. Blat. Really? Yeah, Lost yeah. World and that thing uh, made Age bank. of Ultron, I think? Or no, regular it's, Avengers? It's first Avengers. potentially on track to go beat into first Force Place and beat out that. And yeah. 
have no the highest MCU I want open. it to beat First Avengers. Mm-hmm. I want at the end of this to it crack that two billion number. That because yeah. that, that would really say something. That would say something. They won't listen or hear it, but it would say something, and we would all know. Man, they made so much money. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah, definitely. I think it made it its budget back worldwide just in this first weekend. We, we should make a movie. Well, the, no joke, the tickets were sold out a month in advance. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. you had to buy your ticket early or go to... Like, I was looking for um, early morning, 9.30 a.m. Sunday morning show at, like, a reserve seating theater, and only the seats at the screen were available. Oh, wow. Like, they're still basically selling out. Mm-hmm. We went last night at, like, a 7.45, and it looked a little thin at first, but by the time the movie started, it was a crush. Everybody yeah. was there. No, that was just like a yeah. regular seating. Because we, we yeah. got in like right on time and it was like half full and we were like, oh, I, you know, there was like, you know, four or five screenings at this theater and we we're like, oh, I guess maybe this one wasn't sold out. But because it was re- re- everyone shows seating, up like, at yeah, time. yeah, exactly. And so it filled all the way up. Yeah. Well, in some theaters, I saw a picture on Twitter of a theater. It was like a 20 theater theater, 20 screen theater. Every single <laughs> screen was Black Panther. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Wow. And like I went and looked for Metreon tickets um, three weeks ago and they were sold out. I went to look four days ago and there were new showings mm-hmm. nice. of the show because they had sold out well, yeah so you might as well let that why part. not you fucking well, put like, up a movie until there's money. N- yeah. well it's like Deathly Hallows part two remember yeah. um, they had we had a 20 theater theater screen theater there were 20 there were 20 <laughs> and they had all 20 at midnight yeah oh, wow. I remember that that was crazy wow. yeah a couple of friends saw matinee this like early matinee this morning and it was sold out yeah and- Again, it, the tickets have been sold out for a month. Mm-hmm. This is all there. This is brand new territory, technically. So it good. Also makes me wonder what uh, Infinity War is going to. Oh look my like. god! After this, I'm so hyped for Infinity. I don't even care. It doesn't matter. We have to focus. <laughs> let's talk about Black Panther. All right, all right. Let's talk about things. Let's talk about most important part of this movie. Mbaku new Mbaku, boyfriend. Yep. Mbaku. Mbaku stole every scene he was yeah. in. Every oh scene. God. Okay, so the best part about for me about Mbaku is we watched Earth's Mightiest Heroes, and he's in that, but he's a total dick. Yeah, he's he a cheating cheater face who steals thrones and like is a cheater, and he's a jerk, and he he's isolationist. That was a lot of cheater harsh right words. There. Yeah, Look, he's isolationist, Dang. and he he is traditionalist, and he hates everything that T'Challa wants to do with Wakanda, which kind of came out in this. Mm-hmm. Like he's still traditionalist. He's an isolationist. He doesn't like that a tiny young teenage girl is running their science division and he wants to go back to the way it was. But I don't know the way that this guy played him was so much better mm-hmm. where you, it's more of, you can see where these people are coming from. Mm-hmm. You can see what he's trying to do. Yeah. No, what, even, I pre- what, I, what I appreciate a lot about the script is you got to interrupt was... better. Kenneth. <laughs> well, then even right off the bat, he shows up, <laughs> follows the rules for the ritual combat, and when he loses, he leaves. He taps out and he goes. And what I love about that was I think there was some part of him that didn't want to yield, but as soon yeah. as um, T'Challa says, for your people, your people you have to yield yeah. to you. And he's, he's like, like, that's right, oh, I have to do it. that. Yeah. You know, right. and that, I think I missed that until um, we, I was talking about it later, and that just showed me... I should have known later what was going to happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, but I also think that that's what's so wonderful about this script is there's so much to it and it hints mm-hmm. at so much history. Yeah. And so like he says kind of a throwaway line where he's like, well, none of the kings in the past, whatever. It was, you're years. the first king to be here in 200 years. Yeah, exactly. In centuries or whatever. And so that's one of those things where it's like, okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's so much history well, and they with didn't all have, of the tribes. Yeah, they right? didn't have to put that in the movie. There is no reason for them to have that conversation and put that in there. So, you no, know, but it, there is reason, right? I mean, I think. I like, mean, we know that, but it's Marvel. They don't have to, right? I mean, it's better that they did. But the thing is, is like in order to to do such good world building, when you bring in, like, they never really describe what a war dog is. Except but we know the, what it is exactly because you don't, mm-hmm. you know. And so it's like things like that where there's so much hinted history mm-hmm. and so much of it that it's like, oh, I just want to know. Mm-hmm. Well, oh, yeah, I could. I was just saying how I'm sad they're not doing one shots anymore. Because I would love like a short ten or twelve minute film just about literally anything. Oh yeah, in Wakanda. Well, yeah. I mean, they're gonna make a Black Panther too. I'm sure. What? Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. It hasn't done that well so far. So <laughs> critically no not super received. And so I'm hoping that we get a lot more of that history. And that's that's part of the reason why, like, when you read the comics and you also watch this movie and you get such a, um, I love. Um, when they do that sleeping and they go into their history mm-hmm. and you get to see all of that like I love that they A brought that into the movie mm-hmm. and B that they have that because there's so much we learn so much about the history and how rich 
it mm. all is. Yeah, like yeah. there's Lady so Black much... Panthers. Yeah. yeah. Was, yeah. No, like... there were queens in the afterlife. That was baller. Well, and I just like all of that, just no. obsessed, you know, because yeah. there's just and there's so much ritual to all of it. And you know that it all means something, mm-hmm. but we don't get to know what it means. Right. And so and and that's what we all love about Star Wars, too. Right. The universe is so fucking rich and so amazing that you can tell so many different stories mm-hmm. in it. And so in order when you build a universe like that, I always get so excited yeah. mm-hmm. well and I think that I really loved M'Baku so much not only because the actor stole every scene he was in but because every single character is layered in this film and that's really hard to do and when he first shows up it totally feels like a throwaway scene oh we need a challenger and so this will show T'Challa can do it whatever but then when you meet him later he's actually a super good ruler he has a great sense of humor he likes messing with people he knows to respect other people's cultures like they don't Pray to Bast in the um, in his tribe. I can't remember what he calls his god, but he calls her a couple. He says her name a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Um, and when they're bringing T'Challa back and praying to their own ancestors, he makes a point of turning and giving them that privacy. And it's just so interesting how hard they worked to give everybody a piece of time, mm-hmm. and every character gets that respect. Well, and it shows. I really like how they show that T'Challa respects him mm-hmm. and how they respect each other because when he has to go back and fight even though M- M'Baku won't help or send tr- he yeah. says in the moment that he won't send an army he won't risk um, Chibari, Chibari lives, lives. but he, T'Challa knows that he can leave his mother there yes. and, and when, all it takes yeah. is a word I give you my word no harm will come to her yeah, and, and he's like cool thanks bro we don't have to like threaten or posture each other that mm-hmm. they know king to king that they can respect I each mean, other I mean king to lord, lord but it's fine whatever um so anyway, that's uh, M'Baku, new boyfriend, and I love him a lot. And also that guy was on Person of Interest, and he's great. Dude, I didn't even realize that until you said it. Um, he's Dominic. He's Dominic. Minnie, the, 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 he led like a gang, and he went head-to-head with them. Yeah. Elias, he went up to the really Elias. big fucking guy. Oh, yes. Uh, no, that yes! was my reaction. <laughs> Listeners, if you could see her face. Um, so great on this we should probably talk about the, um, the Dora Milaje. Because I mean, we should. Okay, uh, they so, were like, okay. get ready. So Everyone, I went to this like comfy. afternoon screening on Friday because it was the only thing I could get a ticket to. Because um, I had bought a ticket for LA thinking that my parents wouldn't possibly want to drive back to LA when we <laughs> landed in, um, from Orlando. And of course they did. So it was <laughs> fine. Great, um, great, great, great. I had great. to give up my ticket. No! Um, at the- no, it's okay. It's fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> so anyway, so I could only see it late, like the afternoon, and so I'm watching this movie, and um, obviously the Dermalaji was actually my favorite part of the whole thing. Like I'm Duh. obsessed. There's so much to say about this. So I have like this massive crush on Danae Guerrero. Like I'm obsessed with her. Like I the think general. She, I think she's incredible, and I've never really gotten to see her anything because I don't like The Walking Dead, and so I've never seen it. But I go to Comic-Con every year and I get to watch her on the panels and I think she's just incredible. And so I went That's to... That's so funny. I know. Isn't it so weird? And so I went to a play. She wrote a play and it was playing in Oakland. And so I went to go see it and um, it was incredible. And Way to be like a hardcore fan. I too. love her. Like, okay. I've never <laughs> seen the show that she's like, the most popular for, but I've seen all the other shows. But like, I love you. I'm a real fan. I'm a real fan. Like a real, I just like her. <laughs> well, we watched that van. Shelly showed us that Vanny Fair thing with her. And oh, Chad so you haven't seen it. Oh, you should see it. It's adorable. They um, have to stick their hand in a box. It's funny. But she is just. That makes me uncomfortable. She's she's everything. I, I just, I will listen to her talk forever. Well, in, go ahead. But I'm in this movie, so I, I mean, I love that she always gets to play badass ladies and that's so exciting. I mean, way to be typecast in something <laughs> awesome. Right. Yeah. Um, But just like watching her and the, like, like for me, like I was like crying when she had to choose mm-hmm. between the kings. Like when she yes, had to make that decision, her face. and just like she, because you know, uh, they assume that she's gonna, you know, stick with T'Challa mm-hmm. and, and all that stuff. And she's like, no, no, like, I'm here for Wakanda. I believe in Wakanda. This is my vows were to Wakanda. Mm-hmm. Like that's who yeah, I don't I am. give a shit who's in the chair. Mm-hmm. And it, and I just. Like it broke my heart, mm-hmm. and I it, was just it abs- broke her heart. Well, exactly, you know? oh. and yeah. and the way that cause she's an incredible actress, and so she the way that she her just face emotions, yeah, just, just emotes like, the heck out and of I would just start crying, you know, <laughs> and um because I just I love that because when you think about this character who finally gets to play and protect this 
community that was never colonized. Yes. Right. And how important that was to her and her people and mm-hmm. her, you know, and her well, tribe. It's and- a way of being patriotic without being, it's like the right way to be patriotic and the right way to put country first is you have to make that call. Well, and exactly. And what would have happened to the country if everyone who had that kind yeah. of integrity left? Yeah. Right. It would have been because a different you can't third act. Leave the country to this, this, this you can't unknown. B- yeah. Right. And, and no, she was that- almost an accidental spy. Right. And so, um, yeah, anyway. And also when she's like um, kicking ass in the, um, in, so the, the in the club, in the club. <laughs> so that's the scene they showed us at Comic-Con, by the way. Oh, my God. And, oh, so, nice. okay. <laughs> and so we were like, um, and so anyway, I was cheering the whole time. Yeah. Like, you know, obviously. And I was the only person in the theater cheering because <laughs> it was like a two o'clock showing. <laughs> 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 and everyone was like looking at me and I was like, whatever, whatever. Great. Enjoy the film. I actually, I found her relationship with T'Challa so fascinating and delightful. She's the general of his army. She's head of his protection detail. But she also is kind of mean to him in that way you are with your friends, where mm-hmm. all your friends are assholes. Like, she tells his entire family that he totally froze in front of a girl. Oh, that was like, so great. And, like, I love their relationship is so teasing. But then when he needs to be the king, she respects it. Yeah. And she listens. She follows orders. Even when he doesn't have to push, like, they're in the club. And Nakia, the spy, wants to go because this is our only shot. But T'Challa, the king, said, no, we have to wait. We can't do a firefight. Nakia pushes. And the general goes, shut up and wait. He said, wait. And Mm -hmm. so it's so great. Their relationship is just insanely interesting to me. She has a good work-life balance. Yeah. And so one of my favorite moments is when um, they've caught Claw and they're in the interrogation. with Ross? With Ross. And, like, Ross is pushing back. Oh, my God. And he, like, slaps T'Challa on the chest and her whole body (laughs) shifts to face him. And, like, the whole tension in the movie just, like, rises. Favorite line. Whole thing. Well, I don't know. It's very hard. It's very hard. But I like it when she wants to. Yes! (laughs) Yes! Because he's being weird and disrespectful and touching her king. And my favorite line is, if he touches you again, I will impale him on that desk. Like, she has a English When she wants to. Oh, I was yeah. just like, oh, no, I she, you. I love how competent she was. I love how good a general she was. I love how good a friend she was. I love that she had her own internal battle and she was a layered um, fucking character. Also, speaking of, I love that she, um, even though she was in love with this guy, made the decision still. Oh, yeah, still. first. Yeah. To stick Country to her integrity, yeah. right? So she 100% chose, um, she always made the right choice and mm-hmm. she always and they were hard fucking choices mm-hmm. okay those are not choices that people you, can make I think, easily I think they were hard but it felt like it was an easy choice for her yeah. well because you know? she was such well, an yeah. amazing it's a great scene it's, she's standing in between but thank you for finally yeah. showing a woman yeah. who could actually stand up for her and not be an emotional mess yeah. in front yeah. of her like, boyfriend the, yeah. Yeah. no that exactly. was like can we please cause like yeah. like we've I mean, if you've ever listened to Girls Interrupting before. What? I know. We have repeatedly been very upset that constantly. Women are constantly the emotional side of a relationship. Like, I have never had a scene in a public place with an ex in my entire life. Like, I can't imagine. So this idea that they put this in the movie for everyone to see is a woman who leads an army to stand in front of the love of her life, which they have established these two people are together and in love, Mm -hmm. and say, Nah, man, it's if it's you or country, I choose country. You're doing this wrong. And, you know, you can see on her face when he pulls his weapon out that she's like, do not make me do this. Yeah. Because I will. But I, I don't, don't want to have to kill you. And but I will stab you. It was such you. a powerful moment. Yeah, that she'll do it, but she's not going to sleep well for a while. She's yeah. not going <laughs> to recover. And the great thing is, is that's the moment in the, you know, the battle's going on elsewhere. Yeah. Right? The, the, the battle for the, the kingdom. Um... <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, um, but, but yeah, so like, and he drops his weapons not knowing that how anything else is going. He's going to lose. Right. And he, you know, he, I think he sees this woman mm-hmm. that he loves and he's like, oh shit, I've made the wrong decision. Mm-hmm. And he says, I yield. I think for her. And know? for me, I think not that's for it. her, but because of her. Right. I think that's the turning point for Wakambi where he finally understands that he did choose wrong because this is the woman he loves and he trusts her. Mm-hmm. And if she is willing to sacrifice him in this battle, I think that's the moment when he goes, oh, fuck. I I made a big mistake. Yeah, because they have that face off and then he turns and he looks around. At everyone fighting. Yeah. Tribes fighting tribes. Yeah, his his people fighting the Dora. Each other and the Dora. And he's like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. This is not great. But I also really love an instance, of course, in a movie where 
the male character is listening to the female character mm-hmm. and um, trust her. Yeah. Knows, trust that she to knows what knowledge. the fuck she's talking mm-hmm. about. And they don't even have to have the discussion. No. Like, you don't see It's the, all there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's all subtext. This right? whole movie is such a great way of showing anyone, if you're coming up in film or you're coming up in screenwriting or writing in at all, this is a show, not tell movie. Yeah, well, they yeah, showed sure. us this world. They showed us these characters. They showed us what they're made of. And, you know, a lot, it's a great dialogue film, but a lot of it is about the subtleness of relationships and interpersonal stuff. Oh my god! And the door and just last note on the door, we have to move on. Um, seeing black warrior women fighting together as an army is something I don't think we've seen ever. ever. Yeah, you and, had like maybe one or two black Amazons in Wonder Woman, but right. to see like I mean, and to be honest, the first time we saw even white women fighting together yeah. in an army was Wonder was Woman. Wonder yeah, Woman. right. So I it, mean, it hasn't been that long. So. <laughs> go this year yeah. <laughs> but like seeing those four doras fighting killmonger together as a team oh and working that was so as a sick team. and when they and locked, being so respecting so respecting and they locked spears and they just listened to the general and they followed okoye and like oh it was so beautiful it's wonderful i loved it a lot all right so we give the women of wakanda should we talk about um breakout star shuri uh-huh. the most uh-huh. perfect pure cinnamon roll to her. ever <laughs> grace our screens here's the deal and this is, you know, just me, of course. I just loved all of her outfits. And oh I just want to say she that, was like, killing it. she was just so well accessorized <laughs> that I appreciated it. Well, and I'm, we talked a little bit about watching a country not be colonized and watching them develop as a country and where they're at now in modern time. And I think Shuri is a great example of fashion development. You have the, the um, border tribes who show up in the big wraps and the old school weapons. And Which have force fields built in, by oh the way. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know, and, and Who knew? The people on the street are all wearing different kind of African garb. Mm-hmm. And you see people with um, the jewelry in their lip on the street, like, hanging out with people who don't. Have, and it's just such a great um, example of how a culture can thrive and grow. And I think Shuri is a perfect example of, like, the fashion industry of Wakanda mm-hmm. and, like, what young people are wearing today. But also, I really just appreciated how they allowed her to be a young woman without sexualizing it. Mm -hmm. So she was, of course, um, I mean, sexy in her own right, um, but mostly for being intelligent and smart mm-hmm. and um, which is well, and the she same always thing, looked but, good. Like, you know what I mean? Like, she always looked good. Everything she wore fit her. She wore dresses. She wore pants. She wore right. but that weird was... orange scuba jacket with like the stripes on the side, which I was into. Like, yeah. ugh, Shuri. And then just, it wasn't a big deal that this young woman was in charge. And yeah, I just, the only like, person who gave a shit was my boyfriend, Mbaku. Right. And he just doesn't know her. Right. But also, I just love that, like, I love when she's telling T'Challa and she's like, she's like, what have I told you? Just because it works doesn't mean it can't get better. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I love when he comes into the lab wearing the sandals and she gives him such oh my shit God. about oh, it. Yeah. That was a scene written for me. Okay. Get your naked feet out of my space. Why are, why are, why your, toes are your toes out, out in, in my, my lab? lab? Yeah. They, I love their relationship. And I know reading the comics... Um, that they have a, and I think they watching have a weird the cartoon, relationship, you know, and I think I think the the cartoon that we watched actually they was had the, a weirder, yeah. It was just, it's just the perfect brother sister thing, and I think it was a little bit hard. I think in the first scene, I wasn't sure if he had seen his mother and his sister since his dad's death or not. But it was also, I think they had to recover very quickly from mourning the father. So what mm-hmm. we what we figured out, Beatrice and I ran through this, is it's been a week since the since the end of Civil War where they turned over um, Zemo. And so we think he's been home, and it just took a week to plan the coronation. Mm-hmm. So they've had time to grieve together as a family, and then he had to go out on this mission to get Nakia. Mm-hmm. So I think that he has okay. seen them since. Yeah, because I wasn't sure if he was on his way back from no. all that, or if he had been back or not. Yeah, yeah, because like you have to factor in the Stephen Bucky stuff mm-hmm. that he brought the two of them back to Wakanda, and they then put I Bucky s- on ice. Yeah, Steve did. Steve went to the raft. Went to the raft, and so they've been there at least a week. Okay. Noted. And there's also that line where he's talking about, because um, when Killmonger comes to do to challenge him, he's like, oh, it takes too much time. And then they're like, oh, well, we don't have to have everyone there. Right. Yeah. right. Um, I loved, Shuri was such a delight for me because she's very obviously like the science heart of Wakanda. And, and she's just so excited to have this stuff to work with. And she just like creates all kinds of mm-hmm. stuff. 
Um, and I really love her sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Um, I call them sneakers. <laughs> I like, laughed so hard, and I was the only one. Oh, <laughs> we, <laughs> but, Debbie, we all cackled. Yeah, you have to just uh, accept the fact that we're always going to be the loudest people in any theater. <laughs> oh, man, That's yeah. just for real. Every time I see a Marvel movie, I forget I shouldn't sit next to Monica. <laughs> <laughs> and then I make that rookie mistake. I think it's rude, and I think she adds to enjoyment. Thank you, Jackie. <laughs> yeah, I always have a good time sitting next to Monica. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh. And I'm also that person in the theater. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> you could or you could sit next to Mitch who laughs at weirdly inappropriate times. Just like he laughs when literally no one else is laughing. <laughs> and then we all know, oh hey, look, Mitch is here. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Shuri is great. I like how excited she is to be involved in the missions, but she doesn't push to go on the mission. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That just being included, being like Overwatch being the guy, the girl well, being behind Q, essentially, yeah. basically Q, and she's just happy to be Q. Mm-hmm. You know, she gets to go on the mission when she drives the car, but she gets to stay oh, safe that in was the so lab, cool. That was so, cool. so that T'Challa doesn't have to stress out about his baby yeah. sister being out and in danger. And I just, all the tech is so great, and the fact that it all came from her, mm-hmm. and they all just accept it. They just use it. Is ugh, it that kinetic nice. suit was sick yeah, too? Was sick. Oh and, my god! And it, you know, in that last scene where she finally joins the battle. It's something that no one gives her shit about. She, mm-hmm. knows, she knows how to use her weapons. She's as good a fighter as just about anybody else. Mm-hmm. And it's not like she has to have a moment with T'Challa where he's like, don't go, don't out, go there. out there. I, I can't protect you. She just yeah, she does it. And she does her thing. Well, I mean, that's the thing, though. That's what I love. None of the women in this movie need permission to do exactly. anything. Yeah. They, well, and they have, they have a fight about it. They have a fight at the gorilla, um, the, at the Jabari camp. They... <laughs> they have that fight in the throne room where he's like, I want you guys to stay here and stay safe. And both Nakia and Shuri are like, fuck that shit. Yeah. We're coming home. We don't have time for I that. need my lab and she's a good fighter and shut your goddamn mouth. And then M'Baku is great and laughs at them. And I also love, just speaking of the women in this movie, you know, T'Challa, they think he's dead. And, you know, they get out of town, they, you know, grab all the stuff they can and they head out. But they're like, a country still needs us. Like, there's still shit going on. And... We're gonna have to take this and find the next best warrior and take our country back. Like mm-hmm. they're mourning, but you know they've been through some hard shit, mm-hmm. and they're like, "We have to move on. We have to see what's next." Well, and that walk to the Jabari um, land was so interesting for me because um, Queen Mother is just terrified. She's like, "I get that we can't be in Wakanda, but also these are the Jabari and they're scary." And um, Shuri is just kind of she's there for the ride. I think she's in mourning a little, and Naki is like, "No." The- the enemy of my enemy is my friend and we need these people and this is the only place we have left we have to go you know it's just such an interesting general what am i what generation thing where um Ramonda has grown up afraid of the Jabari, afraid of the gorilla tribe, and worried about them. And Nakia has been out in the world, and she knows what real evil looks mm-hmm. like. She understands, I think, better than Ramonda ever will. Yeah, it's not some grouchy dudes in, not, the, yeah. in the hills. Exactly, they're just pissy about like land stuff, <laughs> but like they'll probably help us because Wakanda is theirs as well. And I just thought that was a great moment because this whole movie is about tradition versus modernization. Mm -hmm. You know, isolationism versus being a part of the world, the global community. And it was such a nice little, like, tiny moment. Yeah. (laughs) It was great. Well, so I really like that Mbaku was in the throne room at the end of the movie when when it was kind yeah. of... That's my favorite Yeah, he's, like, he's got a seat end, at the table He has now. a seat at the table yeah. where T'Challa went back, got Ramonda, got his mom, and like went, hey, bro, like thanks for everything. Maybe we could figure, fix this thousand-year grudge we have between each other. Yeah. And like, yeah. why don't you come be a part of this? Yeah, we should, we should be five tribes again. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, you know, when Mbaku says, oh, you're the first king to come here in centuries, and I think it, he meant that kind of derogatorily, but he's like, He's the first king that was here to in come centuries. Here. Yeah. yeah. And he's ready to kind of heal the rift. Right. And I think it all started with the moment where T'Challa said, you have to yield. Your people need you. Yeah. I think that was like, that was a leader moment between the two of them where they bonded, where they knew nothing is a more important. Or My pride is not more important than my people. Mm-hmm. And so they both are on the same side. And then you go through this thing as leaders. You know, you, you join this battle. You do this thing. And I think there's a lot of respect between the two of them now. And he'll be happier having more of a voice in what Wakanda is mm-hmm. doing. Maybe he can get to know Shuri and understand the science and see, you know, go out with Nakia and see the rest of the world and see how we can help. Ooh, well, yeah. And Black Panther 2 is just him and Nakia cruising <laughs> around the world. I mean, bros. I mean, toppling governments. Well, and I also... I, I, whatever, that's not the Wakanda no. way. Did you learn nothing? <laughs> well, and I also think, like, his moment of refusing the flower... Mm-hmm. Um, 
That was such a big moment. Well, I think he was like, man, I don't look. We this still is got too this much. guy. I don't want Fuck this. that. Like, <laughs> well, but I also think it was, you know, that was him learning from it though, too, at the same mm-hmm. time, right? Because he could have taken the easy route, mm-hmm. which is literally not telling them about it and being like, yeah, sure, I'll be king. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. But oh, he oh yeah. He could have easily left T'Challa to die. But he also knew that the, that Wakanda needed T'Challa, right? And, and I think that's part of it. The, the most interesting part about uh, my boyfriend M'Baku is I think what he <laughs> learned... Our boyfriend Our M'Baku. boyfriend M'Baku <laughs> is that, you know, he showed up for the challenge and I think... While he, if he had won, he would have been king. I think a lot of it was just saying, "Hey, we're still around. Yeah, we pay still want to be a part of this." Heads. And maybe he's like, because T'Challa is a young king, he's a young lord, and so maybe he's been chafing under the bit of his father, who was running the tribe, and he sees this as an opportunity to get back out into having a voice in their mm-hmm. own country. And so, knowing he can't take that herb, that's not what the gorilla tribe is actually here for or good for. Well, and they have. T'Challa has such a good moment when he goes back to talk to his dad again, and he just oh just yells about how you were wrong. Mm-hmm. This call you made was the wrong call, the wrong and call. I feel like you know that it was the wrong call. Yeah. And so I feel like so many kids, even kids who have a really good relationship with their parents, as you grow up, you you have to have a moment where you realize that your parents are also human beings. And they're not perfect. And they're not mm-hmm. perfect. And you that helps you separate yourself from them that's the moment where you're not just their child where you figure out how to make your own choices and and step away from that a little bit because before then all he could think about was trying to be the same as yeah. his dad mm-hmm. well this is this is a good time to turn the talk to t'challa and killmonger mm-hmm. because i was they, like we need to talk need about to Magic. Yeah. so like they actually are on parallel paths of you know they're both Killmonger is definitely suffering sins of the father throughout the film, throughout his childhood. That is what he grew up under. And T'Challa is waking up to sins of his father. There's a moment where he and Zuri meet eyes at the challenge between Killmonger and T'Challa. And you can just see T'Challa looking at Zuri going, this is fucking why you should have brought that kid home. Because now I have to fight to the death for no fucking reason. Thanks, Dad. Thanks, God. Good, Good call. So it's just such an interesting parallel path. And Beatrice and I were talking about how how different both of their lives could be if they had brought Killmonger home when he was Eric and been raised with T'Challa and Shuri in the house as like an actual cousin. Mm -hmm. Right, but it was such an interesting look at the difference between privilege and not privileged, right? Oh Um, Oh my God, the moment he walks into the throne room, that whole scene where he shows up, he's in chains, but he's the most confident person in that room. He knows what he's there for, and he's pissed about it. Well, I mean, and and, and right, the whole so. thing is he has had to work his way and work very hard to get to this point where he can do this. Yeah. And what what I loved and broke me in a lot of ways, like I was crying really hard, but um, in his whole death sequence, yeah. you know, when he's like, oh, can you believe a kid from Oakland believed in these fairy tales? Yeah. Right? Because in his heart of heart, he actually did believe in a place like Wakanda. Mm-hmm. Right? And he believed that it was possible and that he could be king could there, there someday. Right? Yeah. And, like... He's one of... <laughs> I think he's, well, that whole death scene was so good. Yo, and his... Sorry. Oh, just such a nice change from the normal, just, oh, you know, epic fight, boom, hero wins, villain's dead. Yeah. It's, you're, you know, at the very end of it, T'Challa's still trying to mend to this save thing. Him. T'Challa's like, literally, maybe we can still save yeah. you. And he Killmonger's has, like, he has nah, that fuck line. fuck you, dude. I'm going out on my, my own like, rules. bury me in the ocean. My ancestors knew death was better than bondage. Mm-hmm. And, like, I shattered. <laughs> that was the moment for me, because... He's barely a villain. Like he murdered a lot of people. So I'm like, I'm I mean, not down with the murderiness. He's definitely of him. a villain. He's a villain. But if you took all the murders out of the movie or if he hadn't done them, he wouldn't be no. like he's just he's but a complicated also, character. He also was to be trying fair, to topple the world. And You're not mu- wrong. As much I mean, I'm I love him. Like upset. I obviously I love a villain character. Shocking. And I, <laughs> yeah. I mean no shocking exactly no one. He I love him. Anyway, um, but I think his uh, his journey, right? Um, he's obviously wrong, right? Mm-hmm. You can't topple all the governments. He's partially right, wrong. but I also think that he is not wrong in the fact that Wakanda can't be help. isolated yeah. anymore. Mm-hmm. They have to step out, and, and like help. you can't let everyone suffer yeah. in this way when you can help. And, and I think 
Yeah, go ahead. No, the thing you see anytime anyone leaves Wakanda for any period of time, whether it's Dakia, whether it's Eric's dad or Eric himself, it's like anybody leaving sees they need to do something in the larger world. And so did T'Challa when he eventually makes it out and takes a real good look at the world. And, and I, I don't know, it's so interesting like to see that once you step out of your isolation, isolation, your isolationism, bubble. your bubble, thank you, much better. Um, I think it's very clear that what the movie's saying is saying, look, look at the world and know what you need to do and how clear it is, even through the eyes of a villain, all you need to do is step outside your perfect country and realize mm-hmm. it's not perfect. Well, mm-hmm. it's, a great, it's well, a great metaphor for what's going on now where mm-hmm. T'Challa says, those people are not our people. I am the king of Wakanda. I'm not mm-hmm. the king of the world. And part of our current problem politically is this stuff isn't happening to me therefore I shouldn't have to care about it Yeah. whereas Killmonger is saying we all look the fucking same so we should all stand for each other and that's the way a lot of I hope we all feel and more people feel is like sure that stuff is never going to happen to me you know I'm pretty lucky I'm white and I'm a lady and I live in a safe place but doesn't mean I can't empathize with all of the horrible things that are happening to people that would never happen to me, and I'm still going to stand up and fight for them. So um, I actually, we have a Facebook comment that I really um, want to read. So I have a friend, her name's Samiria. Um, she's wonderful, very smart, and um, she always has these really thought-provoking posts that I really, really appreciate. But anyway, she was posting about Black Panther, and it, it's really relevant to what we're talking about. So I'm just going to read it really quickly. It's a little bit long. Um, but I think you will appreciate it. So um, so she says, my thing is, because there's a lot of black um, Twitter right now that there's a hashtag that says Killmong- Killmonger was right. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of discussion um, about that, right? Because there's a lot of anger, um, mm-hmm. of course, um, in a lot of black communities for very good reason. Um, anyway, so what? she says... <laughs> so she says, my thing is, Eric Killmonger was right about Africans not giving a damn about black American pain. And that goes for all the black American pain. North, um, South Caribbean, and King Chichaka was absolutely wrong for leaving him behind to fester in the U.S. But to be honest, that's all he was right about. I cannot blame Wakanda at all for being isolationist, knowing very well what happened to other African nations who got involved with European countries in the U.S. Why are black people expected to share our resources with everyone regardless of our own welfare? And the thing is, black Americans have been isolationists before, and we've been perfectly happy doing so. It's white folks that have burned down black towns, black businesses, black churches, black schools, and then stripped us of... So in that light... Wakanda's inclination towards extreme self-preservation is absolutely the correct decision. How come black people can't have anything to ourselves? Why do we have to share when sharing has destroyed our communities time and time again? Killmonger's beef with Wakanda wasn't wrong, but it was his beef with Wakanda. Master's tools cannot destroy the master's house. So why would we cheer him stealing Wakanda's resources and giving them to people across the dysmorphia and subjugate white people in the same manner that we ourselves have been? Why would he steal from black people when it's not black folks' fault that what they've suffered beyond their own doorstep? Would I want Wakanda to aid the dysmorphia? Yes. Do I also understand them keeping to their wealth to themselves? Also yes. And I don't blame them uh, date blame for it on top of that. Eric was looking out for him and his, but so was Wakanda, rightfully so. And to be honest, Eric's anger towards Wakanda is misdirected insofar as it has to do with black Americans. Wakanda left him, but Wakanda had nothing to do and wasn't responsible for black Americans' treatment. He should have gone and destabilized France and Denmark's governments and robbed Buckingham Palace and Sweden's coffers instead. Why punish black people for stuff white, white people did? That ain't right. That's a, that's a fair point as well. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think? <laughs> I mean, that I think that's what makes Killmonger such a complicated character, and why. I mean, there's 47 articles about you know the pain of Eric Killmonger or the drive behind Killmonger or why he was right, why he was wrong, and it's an interesting take that we as uh, colonizers really can't have <laughs> that much of an opinion on beyond whether or not you know he was a great character. And this is why we have to sit back and listen. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. And that's a really great post. It's well thought out. And it's interesting to see that side because I've been on Twitter and I've seen the Killmonger was right hashtag and I go in there and I read it. And, you know, th- again, they're also kind of right. And the hashtag of what Black Panther means to me, you know, it just carries a lot more weight than I'll ever truly understand. And um, I think that 
Killmonger is a more radicalized version of what we ended up with at the end of the film. You know, he wanted he wanted the power of Wakanda to help free his brothers and sisters still in oppression. And I think what T'Challa did opening an international reach out program for both science and like culture in America, in one of America's poorest black cities, is a step in a direction that is a more healthy way of getting done what Killmonger wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And I think between Killmonger and, of course, Nakia, right, he finally starts to see... He understands. ...why isolationism is no longer something that we can do. Because the world has gotten a lot smaller, Mm -hmm. right? And at this point, um, in a lot of ways, Wakanda is much further than um, a lot of white Mm -hmm. communities as far as um, working together, I guess. Um, And technology and stuff, too, right? But culturally... They're um, ahead of most of us. Right. And so at this point, okay, we need to step forward and help the world Mm -hmm. in the way that only we can. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. I mean, this has been a pretty long podcast. Do we want to take five minutes and talk about Nakia? <laughs> Is that all we have? Is that, I mean, there well, are so many other things. So, I mean, just to take a minute about Lupita... I mean, this is an actress who came out of nowhere. I know she didn't come out of nowhere, but you know what I mean? She Her first major movie, 12 Years a Slave, she won an Oscar. And she was, like, one of the most, you know, one of the best performances of the year and all that sort. And she has not been in a live-action movie until Black Panther. The last From five 12 years. Years a Slave? Yeah. She's Wasn't in, she in that chess movie? Yes, yeah, sorry. I apologize. Just that one. Just Which that no one. one saw. I saw half of it. I was evacuated for the other half. That's not your fault. Mm. But, you know, she's been voices. No, but like five years, three movies. Yeah. What has she done other than Star Wars recently? Um, She was in um, The Jungle Book, and she was a voice, I think, in something else. But, like, this idea that... She's an Oscar-winning actress. And she can't get a role. Yeah. You know what I mean? And where they don't want to see her face. And it's just like, I was so happy when I heard she was cast in this movie. Do you know, Mm -hmm. um, I watched an interview with Ryan Coogler on a morning show, and he basically, he didn't say, the interviewer pointed out that Michael B. Jordan and Lupita, they both were asked, like, oh, do you want to be in this thing? And both of them went, whatever you want me to do, I will do. I want to be a part of this. I'm not going to fight for a role wherever you need me I'll fucking show up that's and so cool. I think that's so great that these actors are like this is gonna be a big thing and um, Black Hollywood has this trust in Ryan Coogler that is really interesting like they know that he's gonna do it right they know he's gonna tell the story correct and he I'm not sure how cause he's 31 and like you talk to him and he's still kind of like I mean I watched the interview with him and he still seems like he's really excited to be here and he's still he feels kind of young when he talks about stuff but he has I don't know like a backbone of steel I'm not sure but he's able to stand between what he's making and the pressures of Hollywood to get it bigger and better and make more money and say no this is the story I want to tell and this is how we're going to tell it mm-hmm. and so that was just so, just so interesting to me Oscar winner Lupita Nyong'o went nope I'll just whatever you want I'll yeah. be in the background yeah. like I don't even care I'll be here but she was so great. Yeah, yeah. she crushed it. She co- one woman CIA. <laughs> also, like I love just like world building again. So many. I mean, it's probably mostly just the elite part of Wakanda. But like, she speaks how many languages? And she speaks Korean fluently. Mm-hmm. And T'Challa can speak Korean fluently because he can understand her when she has whole conversations. And so can the general. And I just, I love that. I love that part of, maybe part of their culture is everyone in Wakanda speaks multiple languages. It's part of, like, their well, education system. most cultures other than America. <laughs> Ours is the worst. Yeah. Well, I also just really love the whole thing about her, because um, she clearly still loves T'Challa, right? And I think the fact that she would choose her calling mm-hmm. over her love also I think was so amazing. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then I just think... That there's two characters, two women characters in this movie who do that. It says a lot about the social mores of Wakanda. That, you know, women are free to be what they want and be who they want. And they don't have to expect, they don't expect to be questioned. Or they expect once questioned, they make their argument to be respected. And it's just, like, B wants these tiny one-shots. So do I. I want more about the culture and mores of Wakanda and how gender works there and what are the the norms and you know how does the male female you know relationship go do they suffer from the same bullshit we have here or because they stayed isolationist did they just like miss out on all that garbage yeah we mm-hmm. see female queens we yeah. see female tribe leaders they're, they're I, female black panthers their most their high, most highly trained military organization is women mm-hmm. 
Like they have an army of men. The border tribe is basically their standing army, but they don't want to fight the Doras. Well, it's, I, it's obvious. Yeah, have I you seen them? I wouldn't want to fight them. It's obviously very clear from at least the movie that the highest thing that a woman can get in this movie is not um, married. So that's right. really exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's great. And they don't get any flack or pushback for not wanting that. You know, T'Challa only gives her a little bit of a hard time because he loves her. Mm-hmm. No one else in the movie is well, like, come he's home, not giving her don't a hard be a time in the sense where he's not like, he's not like, oh, don't do go do your calling. He's just yeah. like, I just want, I just you, want here. you here. Yeah, I, just, I miss you. Yeah. What yeah. if you came home more often? Well, and I like that too, that as in, in any other movie, he would guilt her with some romantic bullshit. But mm-hmm. literally he goes, no, I just, I want you here. And she's well, like, well, I don't want to do that because of this. Almost anyone else like, okay. could understand if he was like, well, I'm king and I need you. Right. Right. But he doesn't do that. No, he doesn't. Ugh. All right. Anyway, we love her. We've talked a lot about this movie. I think this might be our longest movie recap podcast. I blame Kenneth because... I, <laughs> I come in and ruin things. Yeah, it's true. It's my jam. Um, so I just want to say thank you, listeners, for tuning into this super long movie review. Um, if you have seen Black Panther and want to come talk to us about everything, we are available on Twitter at Get Interrupted. We have a Gmail account, getinterrupted at gmail.com. Please write us a treatise about Nakia and or Shuri and or, or the Mbaku. Queen Mother. Look, anything or you my want. boyfriend M'Baku. Um, we also have a wonderful Facebook page where we are a little more engaged because it's just super easy to have long conversations on there. And um, as always, we have snacks. of the living 